What is up, Nux, and welcome to Moose Tracks. I've struggled to keep track of the days, but it's Friday afternoon, I know that much, and I just wrapped up a virtual happy hour with my team at work, so feeling a little loose, had some margaritas. This episode, I'm joined by my go-to right hand, Ferd, where we'll talk a little bit of baseball, and then, as I mentioned in the teaser, we're going to go off the reservation here. Major League Baseball player owners and players have agreed to a deal for the 2020 season, so we'll discuss that briefly. Aside from that, there's no real news on the baseball front, as you well know, so we're going to do something that I heard on another podcast. I take no credit for this idea. It is completely stolen, but I thought it'd be a fun conversation. Ferd and I are going to do a 10-round snake draft on the best sports video games of all time. If you are not and never have been into video games, perhaps just listen to the first few minutes of this podcast, get the latest on the MLB labor agreement and call it a day. But if you do like sports video games or at one point perhaps were into it when you were a kid and you want to take a a walk down memory lane uh, as we draft, stick around. Definitely roast us for our picks in the comments. Should be a pretty fun conversation. I'm looking forward to it. All right. With that, I'll bring my guest in for. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Ferd, thanks for joining me. Um, excited to have this conversation about the new Major League Baseball labor agreement, as well as the real fun part the uh, sports video game draft. So, leading off with the labor agreement, there's a, there's a lot to dissect here, but I kind of boiled it down to just the most basic points, looking at what the players get, what the owners get. Um, the players, they get service time accrual in a canceled season, no matter what. So, if, if nothing happens here uh, and there are no games played in 2019 or 2020, then the players will get the service time equal to their 2019 service. Um, and they also are guaranteed $170 million in salary, which is a salary advance for April and May. And I don't know if that's distributed evenly or, or the higher paid players get more. I'm not sure yet. Um, and then the owners, they get off the hook for $4.5 billion in committed salaries in the event that the season is canceled. And also got a considerably shortened Major League Baseball draft, which would be about five to ten rounds. I think not just this year, but the following year as well. Uh, the other note is that if the season resumes, uh, player salary would be prorated by games, which makes a lot of sense. For what is your overall reaction to this deal? I think that anything that we see here signals what's to come. You know, a shortened season, no season. Did they kind of tip their hand here, or what are your thoughts here? I don't know if they necessarily tip their hand. Uh, yeah, you know, owners, you know, are a lot of times known to just be, uh, you know, sit on their money. And, you know, I know we've debated on the board many times between, uh, you know, the one percenters and whatnot, and, you know, not even the one percenters, the one tenth of the one percenters, but um, I'm sure they just want to save money wherever they can. You know, they're not bringing in any money uh, right now. I don't know how the TV deals are playing. I don't know if they are getting paid or not since the games are being played. Um, and I know that's where a majority of their money probably comes from. But um, to me, and I, I stole this idea. I, I read this on somebody's comment on Reddit. But um, to me, I wonder if this is kind of the owner's way of 
trying to start the process of contracting the minor leagues like we've been hearing over this offseason. If you know, if we're gonna start drafting less players, then in theory, are we gonna is it easy to then just say, hey, since we have less players, we don't need as many teams, let's contract. So um it's interesting. I'm really, you know, the whole five to 10 round draft is, is interesting to me. I didn't know you just, what you just said, that was just news to me. I didn't realize that it was going to be for the following year um, as well. Uh, you know, it, I, I just feel bad for those college players, those high school players who, you know, I don't want to say French prospects, but you know, there's a lot of guys in the teens, twenties, even thirties that end up making the big leagues. And some of them have, you know, great careers, all-star careers. Um, so, you know, I just feel bad for those guys. I'm assuming um, and you can answer this for me. I, I haven't figured this out. So after those five, 10 rounds, is, does everybody become an undrafted free agent or do they have to go back into next year's pool? How does that work? I, I don't know for certain. I think they would become undrafted free agents. And I think that to your point, you know, whether, whether deliberate or not, it would seem to, to play towards the contraction of minor league teams. But I think that, you know, there's, if there's a vacuum there, it will be filled, right? Like if there's that many good players that just don't have an associated ball club to play with, maybe the independent leagues, maybe they start growing. And I don't think that they'll become like, you know, lucrative franchises at all. Um, and I, but I think that, you know, those players will get to play somewhere. It might just be a, a, a windier road to the major leagues or to, them, to the minor leagues really um, but yeah, I, I think what I read was that they would do a five to 10 round draft this year and then like a 10 to 20 round draft the following year. So it wouldn't be as short uh, of a draft for 2021, but it would be still shortened. And then assuming in 2022, it would return all back to normal, but, uh, it is, it is interesting. And, and it, I hadn't read that theory that it was that they were doing that to try to contract the minor leagues, but I mean, just that would be a function of, of, of this shortened, uh, this shortened draft. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, I'm happy for like the college game, you know, cause it'll strengthen the college game because a lot more talent will be going to, you know, Ju- Juco or D one. I just feel bad for those kids and those players that, you know, are going to get stiffed this uh, just because of, you know, and I know everybody's dealing with this. It's not just, you know, baseball, you know, I'm dealing with it. Everybody that we've talked about it cups got his hours cut back you know, um, or his uh, percentage of his commissions cut back. But, you know, it just sucks for these guys. And I know they've put limits on what their signing bonuses can be. And it's just, you know, I know you're a big proponent of these guys have a ton of money, like pay the players. So, you know, it's just kind of shitty that, you know, know, it's just that classic case of, you know, the players union is just looking out for the players and and they'll be right now. You know, they're not, they don't even really care about the minor league players in my opinion. Um, So, um, you know, but at the end of the day, like it's going to be interesting though, because teams are, teams are going to have the opportunity to, really miss on the draft. Like I, I'm just throwing this off the top of my head. I haven't done the research on it, but I'm sure you can go to many teams and look through their first five, 10 rounds. And I would not be surprised if there's a handful of teams that none of those guys ever see significant major league time. So, you know, you really got to strike on the guys you pick up. The major league draft or the, the MLB draft is, is the ultimate crapshoot. You're right. Like there's so many gems that are found later in the draft. Um, you know, as it pertains to the college players, I think that NCAA is looking at uh, eligibility relief. I don't know if that's the right term, but for lack of a better term, that to where guys can basically come back and play next year. They're not going to lose a year of eligibility when they didn't even get to play this year. So you might see a lot of guys who 
And I don't know if they have to declare for the draft. And if they do declare, then they can no longer come back. I don't know all the ins and outs, but you just might see a lot of guys just come back and try to play next year, which is they have to sort all that stuff out as far as how they handle scholarships. And not every family can just like, if they don't have a scholarship, can just send their kid back to, to Berkeley for a year just to play baseball, right? If they've already graduated. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be a case by case basis, but it definitely seems like the minor leaguers slash uh, amateurs got the short end of the stick, which is not surprising um, to see the, the players union negotiate for the players, the current players. Um, it's, I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to kind of dissect this, especially being someone who, as much as I'm into baseball, I'm not a freaking labor attorney or anything like that, but <laughs> what, you know, what I gather from it is I don't know how the original agreement is written, but I would have assumed that if there was no season to be played, then the players would not get paid. And that was obviously not the case, at least not clear cut. Uh, perhaps this is a, a situation where, um, it would have been tied up in an ugly lawsuit or arbitration case that would have left literally billions of dollars, $4.5 billion in salaries were committed to players this year. And that's the amount of money that would have been left in the hands uh, or in the judgment of a third party. And I think that's a big risk for both the owners and the players to take. So, you know, beyond that, I, I think it actually would have been disastrous for the 2021 season if they couldn't come to any agreement because there's still not a, a CBA in place for next season. So, I mean, I'm glad I got it, that they got it sorted out, uh, but it's difficult to take any meaning from it because if you look at it, at, at, you know, the flyover level, the owners definitely cover their assets here. Uh, one argument is that they know the season is in serious jeopardy. So they gave a huge bargaining chip up by acquiescing service time to the players to protect the $4.5 billion liability and salaries. Like they, they have agreed if we don't play this year. You know, Mookie Betts is a free agent. Real Muto is a free agent. Like there's all these good players that just get a year of service time. Um, the counter argument to that though, is that the owners know there will be a season. So they didn't care about giving up the service time because it won't matter if there's a season, they just get their pro, you know, prorated uh, service time for this year and in that event the players get their prorated salaries as well and the owners save a lot of money on the draft which is will be shortened and that presumably would help uh, offset the the lost gate revenue if they are going to play part of the season in empty stadiums so obviously I'm hoping as a baseball fan for the latter scenario where um, you know we still get baseball but you, you can you can basically read the tea leaves to to, to the owners know there's no season or the owners know there's going to be a season. And I guess what I'm suggesting is there's not enough there in, in looking at this agreement to know what, like what the writing on the wall and what they really think is going to happen. Cause everything you hear is that it is going to happen. And Tony Clark came out today and said, we're open to double headers, split double headers. So there's, you know, you have to buy a ticket for each game. And I've heard they would play, you know, a nine inning game and a seven inning game or even two seven inning games. Uh, that they're open to playing in front of empty stadiums. So like everything I'm reading is just everything is still on the table and major league baseball wants to have as many games as possible. They're still throwing out like 120, 140 games. So that thing is a, a dream scenario, but maybe a hundred to 120, if they can get started July 1st, like a traditional season would be like 80 games, but if they throw in some double headers from July 1st, moving forward, play into mid October, and then they explore neutral sites for the postseason. These are all things that they say are on the table right now. So cautiously optimistic that the, the 
multi-billionaire owners are going to get their way and get a season uh, just because I would love to see baseball, but I still, logistically, it still proves to be pretty difficult. So I'm, I really have no idea. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think if you're saying, if anything, you know, you asked if they're showing their hand and if anything, they're showing their hand. I do think that we will see to your point, we will see maybe a 120 game season. I think they think things are going to start in July. And I think that's what we alluded to on our last podcast um, by giving them those, sal- the, you know, their front loaded salary and, you know, $170 million to save possibly f- almost five, four and a half billion. I think is a, is a, you know, fair trade-off or not a fair trade-off. It's this, <laughs> I think that's why they were happy to do it. Um, but yeah, it's just, I just want baseball. I hope, you know, I, I'm curious if, you know, like for the Dodgers, for example, like they essentially, if say we lose the season, they essentially just gave Jeter Downs and uh, Verdugo to the Red Sox for essentially price, I guess it's not nothing, but um, I wonder if, um, you know, they'll work some kind of thing out for the draft. If there will be like a, you know, maybe they'll get a compensation pick or something just because of the, you know, I don't want to say it's unfair, but just, you know, it is kind of, it sucks. It's, it's, you know, out of everybody's control, but you know, if I was a Dodger fan, like, you know, I'd be pretty pissed off. Yeah. Well, it's very unfair, but they give, the deal was made before there was this like, yeah. I mean, this is pretty much qualifies as an act of God. Like, what do you do? Yeah. And the other, the other thing we haven't talked about is, and, and I might mispronounce this and just completely embarrass myself right now, but there's, um, you know, a, a clause in contracts, force majeure, majeure, I don't know how to pronounce that. You've probably seen this legalese before, but basically saying like the contract is void if there's an act of God. And this, for the TV revenues, they're saying that this would qualify that hi cat um sorry he wants food real quick (laughs) they're basically saying that that if it's a shortened season then the teams would all receive their hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue for their tv deals that they have in place if there's no season at all then all these big time players who have paid a lot of money for for broadcasting rights could basically say we're not giving you anything we want it all back and so that's definitely an, uh, a carrot in front of the owners to get some sort of games going, even in empty stadiums, because otherwise that revenue from the, I mean, yes, they're, 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 they've covered their asses on the, the player salaries, but if they still want to make any sort of money this year, it's going to have to come from the TV revenue, which could disappear via force majeure uh, if they, if they don't actually play any games. No, I totally agree. Like, it's just, you know, I, like you said, I think at the end of the day, the owners came out on top, but I think the players union did well enough for their guys to make sure they're going to at least get, you know, some money this year. Yep. And, you know, I, I don't, you know, spread out across the whole team, the whole league. I, you know, I think the, you know, whether the 170 million, whatever it is, like you said, you alluded to it. I don't, is that going to be, you know, is it going to be, uh, weighted based off of everybody's salaries or if not then i am i'm okay with it because the guy's not making enough or in theory going to probably make you know just make enough to, to live and survive for a year i'm sure they're still going to get their you know uh, you know half a million three quarters of a million dollars um you know i, I don't think obviously you know you're not going to be able to just give all that money to the trouts and the harpers and the machados so um you know the guys at the lower end of the spectrum probably are going to, you know, at least have enough to, you know, if they lose this, their entire salary for this year, they're going to have enough to, you know, get by and they're not going to struggle. Yeah. I, I think that's inclusive of minor league salaries. So it'd be like, you know, I don't know, a hundred grand a year or something like that, but it's still, yeah, it's, they, they don't have to go a year without a paycheck. So 
a lot of those guys can obviously afford that. Some of them not so much or, or new to the game. So, all right, for let's jump into the the draft, the sports video game draft. And so to lay out a couple ground rules here, it's a 10-round snake draft. We are drafting to personal preference. We're not drafting to I'm going to pick this game because I think everyone likes it. We're drafting to what we want. Uh, what, 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 and, and we can use whatever criteria we want. Is it the enjoyability of the game? Is it the longevity and staying power? Is it the nostalgia that it, that it brings? Uh, whatever it is. Um, it can be on any platform, including the arcade. Um, if you draft a game, you get the entire franchise. So if you take Madden, you get all the Maddens. You don't take Madden 2010 and I get Madden 2011. You get them all. Um, and there's the assumption that you can play single or, or multiplayer because some of these games are a lot better playing with a friend or online. And so the assumption is that you get, you know, the best of both worlds there. And since you're the guest on the show, I'm going to give you the first pick of the, oh, wow. the Moose Tracks and sports video game snake draft. Wow, this is hard. Um, <laughs> I, I did my research before this pod and it's just like, shit, man, I don't know what my first pick will be. There's so many. Um, if I'm going to have to pick a game overall, number one, you're probably going to end up taking the other one, but I'm probably going to have to go with Tony Hawk Pro Skater number one overall. Oh, what a great pick. I, I definitely thought I could have got that in the second or third round. Tell, <laughs> tell me about Tony Hawk. I just, I love that game growing up, you know, the soundtrack, you know, I think we were in junior high about when it came out and, you know, it just had that pop punk, you know, alternative uh, soundtrack and, you know, you just enjoyed it. And it was like skate, we were all skateboarding at that point, thought we were cool skater kids and all I can do was Ollie couldn't even kick flip. Um, but the game was just, you know, it was fun. Like you just try to just always up your score. And for me personally, it just reminds me of, you know, when we got to high school, um, Boots tried to challenge, uh, I, I can't remember who, I want to say maybe it was Dunzo, but uh, there was a big thing that we passed out flyers at school. People, like it was like a, a competition, Boots against Dunzo, and it was just, uh, you know, it was just kind of like a big ordeal in an event. <laughs> uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater is just, uh, is just uh, you know, Boots, like <laughs> the picture was wearing a sombrero, like in the flyer that we passed around school, wearing a flyer and boots. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was just a fun game and you just spend hours because even if, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, it, people think it's repetitive, but it's like, you know, you would just try to, you'd find the little nuances in the course and you would just, you know, try to up your score by as much as you can. It was just, you were always chasing that score. So you never, in my opinion, you never ran out of um, excitement. So I would have, like, if, if we were just doing a raw list, that would have been really high on my list. I put it a little bit down because I thought I could get it later in the draft. <laughs> if, it, if this was an auction, if this was a video game auction, I might have outbid you there. But um, you had the, the, the first mover's advantage there. And I totally agree, dude. Endless hours of entertainment. They kind of have that open world feel. Like you could go anywhere you wanted to go. You had the variety of skaters and the different missions you could do. Like the nostalgia... Like, who didn't play Tony Hawk in freaking high school? Like, I have so many memories of playing with, with Gene and Eels and, and all sorts of buddies. And the music, like you said, Goldfinger had Superman. That saw, like, it had Mill and, yeah. Col- <laughs> Mill and Colin and Rage Against the Machine and Naughty by Nature and Lagwagon. Uh, it was just such a good game. It's a really good call. I was, I was su- I'm surprised it went number one overall, but I'm not saying it's not deserving by, you know, by any means. Who Did you have, like, a go-to skater that you used in Tony Hawk? Uh, I, uh, I'm trying to remember back in the day, I'm drawing a blank. He might not even be in the game, but I want to say it was probably like, um, uh, 
shit, I can't even think of his name. Um, Mullen? Was it Ronnie Mullen? Ronnie Mullen? Yeah, he was a flat ground skater. Yeah, he was good. But yeah, I use, I think I used Chad Muska a lot because he had really good like gr- grinding oh, skills. Yeah. So you could do all those like long connecting like grind to to, to trick to grind. Him and uh, Bucky Lassick. Bucky Lassick can soar. He can just do so much cool shit with him. But fuck, I forgot that name. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you're just bringing it back. back. I all these oh guys. man, that's a good pick. I appreciate that one. Um, all right. So, you're probably gonna take my, the one I was torn on right well, here, though. Oh yeah, I, I think for sure one of these is on. So I'm, I got, I'm, I'm up for two, and I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the second one for the one I think is gonna rip your heart out. But the first one I'll take, and um, admittedly there's some recency bias in place here, but I just gotta take it. And it'll be the show. Like I just got it the the 2020 uh, the 2020 version. I haven't played it in like four years before, but. The game's so freaking good. Like, it's so incredibly deep and realistic. Like, they thought of everything. The mannerisms, like, Mike Trout catches a fly ball to end the inning, and it's, like, the way he does it and then starts trotting towards, like, the, the dugout. It's like, that's fucking Mike Trout. Like, he nailed it. Um, they have, like, the dynamic difficulty to where it's, it's constantly adjusting, like, based on your skill level to make it, like, the perfect challenge the whole time as opposed to, like, getting too hard or too easy. Um, and just, you know, baseball in general, like, there's – if you watch a baseball game on TV, you can watch a thousand games and you watch, you know, the next game and you're going to see something you've never seen before. And that's just kind of how the game plays. It's like, you always have like some sort of new experience. It's super fun. I, I mean, I just got the game like a week ago. don't have a lot of time to, to really dive into it, especially like Charlie's trying to break into the room right now, but uh, it's, it's <laughs> super freaking well done. Super fun game. I have to take that one. And then my other one on the turn is NCAA football. Which, uh, <laughs> did I snipe you? Yeah. <laughs> so I think that was the PS2 we were playing that on. Um, so, so first of all, before I talk to you, do you recall how bad we geeked out, like, over the rosters and stuff? Do you remember those days in high school? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you brought that up because, like, that literally was going to be my talking point when, um, if I drafted it. But it was like, I was going to say, like, that was before the internet really took off and you can just download rosters and and all that and so we would just i remember we would just spend like i'd come over spend the night on a friday and stay through sunday and we would just literally not even play the game we would just spend all day every day just filling in the rosters on all 117 division one schools that was the thing about it it's like you knew that they had like all the players were very much real like number five running back for usc with 99 speed yeah that's fucking reggie bush right (laughs) we know that but they did they couldn't put their names in there (laughs) And so, yeah, you're right. Like, we would totally just geek out and use magazines or whatever to just to, to get the game as real as possible. Total nerds, but that was how we spent a lot of our high school weekends. Um, but it, it, but that was one of the first – go ahead, I'm no, sorry. Like, I, I learned, like, after the fact and that you could actually, like – maybe this happened after we were, like, in later versions of the game. You could actually, like, send in your memory <laughs> card and they would do it for you as opposed to us like doing so much manual work <laughs> like you pay like 10 bucks and they would up it. But, oh man it was such, but it was just such yeah. a fucking awesome game like there is there, there's another football game out there i'm sure that'll get taken pretty soon but I, the reason i like this one is there was like various paths you could take like you know yeah you wanted to to win the national championship but you know you could take you know ucla and try to get there in a couple of years or you could you know take ball state and like try to like be good with ball state for a couple of years and then get the the job offer to go to ucla so like there was like a long path to to you 
playing the game. And so he just gave it a lot of longevity. Uh, you had the spread offense and running like the options and shit, which was, you know, unlike NFL games. Uh, I did hear that it could be making a comeback soon because they have that agreement in place now to where NCAA players can be uh, compensated for their likeness. And so I think the last version was 2014 and they had to stop making the game because they were basically stealing from the players. But I heard that they might be making it again, which would be a freaking I would have to purchase that because it just would be an awesome reboot. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. But yeah, just to you know add to your point, I remember you always you used to take Duke and try to build them up into a powerhouse. Um, but yeah, it just I, I I think your point was I think that was one of the first series that in sports especially is that you were they created the dynasty aspect. You know, I don't think Madden was even doing it then. I think, you know, NCAA football was the first one to say, hey, let's, you know, let's not just play a season and then be done. Like you can continue this and grow and then i remember they even integrated it into madden where when the senior graduated you can save the file and then actually they would be part of the draft class in madden yeah they, i remember they did do that and, and the only thing about that is like with madden you know after a few years like after a handful of years like the players were all gone and you're like oh these are all just fictional players whereas in, in college football even if you watch a lot of college football like you don't know all the players so when it got to that point like, you're like, I don't know who these guys are, but I wouldn't know them anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, no, I, I yeah, I, I love that game. Like, I probably, even more than Tony Hawk, I probably put more hours into NCAA football than my life. That's probably the one game I spend the most amount of time Yeah, on. It, is, it is a great game. And like, I would go right back and, I mean, like I said, don't have, don't really have the hours to commit anymore, but I would, I would, they would probably get my 60 bucks if they put out a 2021 version. <laughs> just, uh, just, <laughs> And it was just, it was just so much better than Madden too. Just the gameplay, the way it felt like Madden felt stiff. And like, I don't know, like in Madden, I felt like if you were close enough to a guy, like a vacuum would kind of pull you in for the block. Like, I don't know. It just, it's hard to explain just, you know, without visuals, but NCAA football just kind of seemed a little bit more fluid. And I don't know. I just liked the way players moved and the physics of it a little bit. Great game. game. All right, Bird. So sorry to snipe you, but uh, it's your turn. Your turn too. (laughs) All right. Um, I'm going to have to go with the other football game, but not the one you might be thinking, Matt, and I'm going to go with Tecmo Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) That one, too, is just a huge nostalgia factor. Like me, Boots, and uh, a couple of our friends from high school. I think Jimmy played for a little bit, too. Uh, We used to spend hours upon hours playing this game, and uh, we even created our own season. Uh, So, like, you could play a season, and so we all picked a team. So I was the Niners, Boots was the Redskins, our friend Shaggy, Eric, yeah. I'm sure you know. Uh, I don't remember who he played with. Boots will probably go on the boards and tell us who he played with. Jimmy was the Bills. But what we would do is we'd pick our team, we'd play our games, and then if we matched up against each other, we'd have to play each other. And we had we did it for one season. I won the Super Bowl. Boots claims it's a bullshit or whatever, but I won the Super Bowl. Um, I just loved, you know, I just love that game. You know, obviously, if you look at it now, it's just it just looks almost like, you know, the old – you know, if, if this generation p- played it, it probably to us is like the old magnetic football game our parents played. But, um, you know, it's just, I loved it. Like, I, the reason I loved the, the 49ers was that, that element of Steve Young. Like, you can run with him, and he was almost like an extra running back. So if, uh, you know, you saw an opening, you could take off, and I can get an easy first down or even a 30, 40-yard game. But that, that 49ers team had John Taylor, Jerry Rice, 
Um, Ricky Waters was the running back, Steve Young. And then on defense, you had Bill Romanowski. Um, it was just fun. And I remember Bert Boots uh, just used to destroy me with uh, Kirk Kavea, which is a <laughs> outside linebacker for the Redskins. And Jimmy used to destroy me with Bruce Smith. But uh, no, like we, like I said, like we've growing up in high school, especially over the summers, we probably spent, you know, just full on weeks, days, if, if total time, we probably spent four or 500 hours playing that game. Dude, it, you've, you've, held, you've nailed all the points. Like it was the first like full season experience with like player stats and all that. It was super cool when you were a kid. Uh, you could operate multiple teams to share season with buddies. Like, so for, I didn't have as many people, but like Nick Hurley was a good, you know, friend of mine growing up. I lived around the, the corner and we, my mom watched him and shit in the summer. So, you know, we would, we would definitely have like seasons going. Uh, they had the, the deeper playbook. So, you know, Tech Mobile had four plays. This one had eight plays. Oh shit. <laughs> I loved uh, the, uh, the Vikings had a reverse flea flicker. It was like, uh, I don't remember who the, I don't think it was Randall Cunningham. I think it was Wade Wilson. He would like pitch to the running back. He'd flip it to one of the Carters. There was Chris Carter and Anthony Carter. And then they would pitch it back to Wilson. He'd throw the bomb. It worked like every time. It was great. We spent enough time on Tech Mobile. We're going to move on. A great second-round pick. We're going to move on to your your third-rounder here. Who do you got? Third round, um, I'm going to have to probably go with Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball. Good pick. I just – it was a Super Nintendo. Um, I just remember, same thing. They didn't have the real players. Um, but you knew who everybody was. You had like, you know, you play, I, I played with the Mariners, even though I was an Angels fan, just because I wanted to play with King Griffey Jr. because he was on steroids in that game. Um, but just, uh, yeah, like, you know, you didn't know who guys were, but you know who Jay Buhner was, you knew who Edgar Martinez was, and it was just, you know, it, <laughs> the graphics are so crappy and terrible. It was just, I remember the ball just flying and zooming out of the stadium. But, um, you know, it was that game, it was kind of that, you know, it was that next generation after RBI baseball, you know, it had the same, you know, look and feel overhead, um, you know, top down view or the pitch after you through the pitch, you can curve it or you can slice it or, you know, um, it was just, and then you, I remember the, the, just the animations and the graphics, like remember when a guy, the third baseman would get a ground ball and he would just cock his arm and just chuck a can into first. It was just, it was fine. It was arcadey. It was stupid. It was campy, but, uh, you know, I would just spend hours upon hours playing that game. Perfect description. It was RBA baseball on steroids. It was simple yet challenging. It was fast paced, had better graphics than the Nintendo predecessors, had the real players, but fake names. Me and Eli will still play sometimes. And part of the fun is like, here's this is Ryan Sandberg. This is Art Grace. Like you, you call out like who the players are. You, you do recognize their likeness, but you could also edit them like in NCAA football. I was up and I was like nine years old to get out the box scores in the Orange County Register and and update some of the names in there at least for the team I was playing with uh, you could do like the full season mode which is kick ass and it kept stats definitely a super super fun game I love that that you know you could that, that they would argue balls and strikes and like you could swing and miss at strike three and the guy turns around and goes oh come on and yells at the oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's like uh, yeah yeah, I didn't realize you could edit the players. Uh, maybe I did back then, but I don't remember it. But uh, yeah, like, the, you know, the one downside of that game was, if I remember, it was, I think there was no, it was just like a generic stadium. I don't think there was different stadiums or anything like that. I think, I think there was a little bit of uniqueness to it. I think like the, I think Fenway had the monster. 
I think that, I mean, I don't know if all the, like the, the nooks and crannies and dimensions were very like specific, but it were a little bit different for each one. Um, I'm going to go. So for rounds three and four, I, I'm pretty well covered on my base here. I got the show for baseball. I got NCAA football. And so I'm going to go a little yeah, bit. I don't know if it's just on my end or if that'll be picked up on the, on the uploads. I, I don't know. Yes, yeah, so we'll find out. Uh, I was saying, I was saying the show for baseball and NCAA football. So pretty well covered. I'm going to go a, a little bit off the grid here. But my third pick, I'm going to go with Mario Kart. Racing absolutely counts as part of this. Um, you, know, you have the, the multiplayer aspect, whether it be cups or battle mode. So much fun. Me and Eels still duke it out for hours. He got me a, a mini SNES for a, a year or two ago. So, like, we went up to the cabin uh, for Michelle's birthday a handful of months ago. And we're definitely playing Mario Kart over beers into the night. And despite the fact there's only like 15 courses, there's just so hour there's so much frustration like we, we'll we'll play we're obviously racing against each other but we're racing against the computer too and when you get to the higher levels the bullshit cheapness that the computer pulls uh to to win the race you get to see the full <laughs> eels rage like eels will just go fuck you fuck you, you get so <laughs> <good>. <laughs> uh, who was who was who your go-to character in Mario Kart? It was uh, usually Toad. I just, uh, I liked his, uh, I, was, I wasn't that good around the corner. So I liked Toad because he had the, he was the easiest to control around the corners. Um, but yeah, that was another game. That's on my list. And I almost went with that in round three, but I thought maybe I could sneak it in later because you wouldn't see it as a sports game. But hey, it's a racing game, so it's a sport. But, um, but yeah, that's another game that Boots and Eric and Jimmy and I played uh, thousands of hours on. Um, but yeah, like I, I love that game and we was, we'd have, I was probably the worst one at that, but like you said, like you'd have that one guy in the group who can take that shortcut. And every time I tried to take the shortcut, I would just fall off into the ether. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just, that game is great too. And it's just simple little content, like little, little tools and little techniques that are just so simple and basic, but just provided hours of fun of just, Hey, I'm going to throw this peel or I'm going to throw the shell or you know just stupid things like that but it's just like it just added so much depth to the game especially back then that you know i loved it there are no there are enough variables to, to make every single race unique and, that, and i think that's what makes it so much fun i was also a toad guy or if i couldn't get toad because he's kind of popular koopa koopa troopa was pretty much the same guy so i'll race as him too he called fuck bowser those slow pieces <laughs> of shit those guys are terrible those are terrible racers. I'll never use them. The other one I'm going to go with here is Golden Tee, the arcade oh. version. <laughs> um, I think this one, it speaks for itself. There's there's nothing like cranking beers and just smashing your palm into the screen as you let it rip and let that trackball fly. Um, Decker's stepdad owned one way back in the day. We're talking like almost 20 years ago. And so we'd play at his house. Uh, Matt and I, when we were roommates, we'd play down at the beach ball in Newport. Uh, me and Eels dueled 18 holes at the Olive Pit like last year after an Angels game. Nice. Um, but the epitome, I, I think I've told this story before, but for, I have to retell it because it's worth it just for, if, if there's just one person who hasn't heard it. But there was this bar in Chico called Joe's. And it was just this like small cheers bar. You walk in the front door, it's very narrow, just kind of long bar. And uh, on the right when you walk in the door on the left, there's like a high top table that seats like four or six people. And then right next to that was a golden tea machine. 
And so we were in there, me and Decker and B-Wise. Uh, and this is like a Saturday night, which means that we'd already been drinking for about 48 hours and you know, just drinking beer and eating cheese fries and just doing what you do when you're like 22 years old. And so me and B-Wise are just farting like <laughs> no tomorrow. Just the worst part. Decker has his shirt pulled up over his nose. Like he's like trying to 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 put you know make a mask out of it because it's just so bad and at the front table which was usually all college people in there were like these like middle-aged folks like these like 40 plus year olds who were just trying to enjoy a nice night and me and B-Wise <laughs> just kept partying and then and so this guy who's sitting at this table gets up and he props the front door open just to try to get some airflow <laughs> and like the, the the bouncer the bartender someone comes over and he shuts he's like sorry like you no know, we you can't just have that open people or whatever and the guys will tell these guys to stop farting <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and me and by is like we're, we're playing and we're just giggling with every stinky ass fart we let out and then finally this one guy just snaps and he just pounds the table and he goes hey go take a shit <laughs> <laughs> and we just play it on we just we we play it on but i mean what a such a fun game like when you're out i guess it's probably one of those things just because like every time i'm playing and i'm out drunk with my buddies so i'm in the perfect environment but i mean we were out six nine months ago playing it it was just so much fun it's the quintessential bar game like it's just any bar that has a golden tea you know that's where i'm gonna be like you know cooped up for the next two or three hours yeah it's not it's not cheap you know, you pump in like 10 bucks for 18 holes each. But no, it's worth it. No, for sure. Um, all right, on to the next one. All right, yep, you for two. All right, Bird, back to you for your fourth and fifth round picks. All right, since I got two picks, I'm going to go with uh, the tried and true Mike Tyson punch out. Nice pick. Just uh, probably one of the first games I ever got hooked on. Um, knew nothing about boxing. I obviously knew who Mike Tyson was, but that's back on the original uh, Nintendo. You know, I just, it was the first game that I just felt like I was smart. Like, you know, you figured out there was a, a sequence you had to do for each guy um, to beat them. I don't think I ever beat Mike Tyson. I remember sitting in, um, going to my, you know, we were at Christmas or Thanksgiving or something at my cousin's house and, um he was he was older than us i was probably like 10 at the time and he was probably 16 or 17 and he's you know he would play and i'd watch and he beat mike tyson i just thought it was the coolest thing ever like how'd you do that um <laughs> you know but it was just cool like i remember just like the stupidness of like you know to beat hippo you know you just you punch 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 his stomach and then when he puts his foot his hand down you do the uppercut like uh you know it was just that game was just classic it was just fun it was just um, I don't know. I just spent so much time on that game as well, too. It was probably, the, like I said, it was the first game I probably truly just spent hours and hours and hours playing and got hooked on. Nostalgia off the charts. No doubt about it. And and I think, honestly, probably the first game I ever played, period. Like, to where I was so young, I don't think I could beat Glass Joe. <laughs> I was like, you know, <laughs> five, six years old. Like, this is hard. Um the only reason it fell down my list is just because of replay value. Like I, I, I'll fire it up once a year because Eels has a Nintendo, and, you know, obviously get together plenty and we'll throw it on there. We'll drink some beers once a year. It's like the best thing ever. And then you're good for like a year, right? Like you, <laughs> like you get your ass kicked by Soda Popinski or, or someone a couple, Mr. Sandman a couple times. Like fuck this game. Um, 
you know, it, it kind of falls down the list for me too, because there's no multiplayer capability, but you're right in that it's like, it was fun to try to figure out like patterns and the sequences and, and, and remember those like years later, like I still remember the Contra code. I still remember how to beat certain <laughs> players in, uh, in Tyson's punch. I also never beat Mike Tyson. I'm not going to try to even claim I did. I don't think I ever beat him. So good pick there. Uh, we'll be going for round five. Round five. He's on fire. <laughs> from NBA jam. But, uh, you know, obviously that game was on the, I believe it was on the Super Nintendo, but I remember, I think the first time I ever played it was on an arcade at, you know, uh, at a Camelot. Um, just, I used to just, anytime I go to an arcade, that was a game I wanted to play. Um, you know, I was a Lakers fan, but I think I played with the Bulls a lot or just, I just love the arcadeness of it. I like that I can, you know, you're a kid and I like that I can, you know, shoot a ball from full core and hit it 50% of the time. And I love the aspect of getting on fire and basically hitting 90% of your shots at that point. Um, it was just, I, you know, it was the two on two. So you had, you know, it was just, you had room to do your moves and do your dunks. And if I remember correctly, if you dunked from three point, like it was three pointer, right? Oh yeah. Or hot spots. Remember they yeah. had hot spots. So you like an eight yeah. point dunk. Exactly. So it was just, that game was just fun. It was just, you know, it was your idols growing up of your basketball players that you watched on TV, but it created, had a fun gimmick to it that kept you interested. And, um, you know, I just, you know, yet it was two on two and I think you had what three or four players you can pick from. And, mm-hmm. um, it was just, you know, I like, again, like I can play that game all day and it, that has a lot of replay value in my opinion, because, um, it's just comes down to, you know, every, both, both teams are going to get, crazy you know boosts and um you know unfair shots and this and that so it's really not unfair because both sides are just doing stupid crazy things so fucking silly it was so fucking (laughs) fun whether you're playing head-to-head or on the same team the catchphrases have and will continue to stand the test of time that he's heating up he's on fire boom shakalaka right like there's all those things that you can't you'll always like we'll be a hundred years old and it's like yeah i remember nba jams he's on fire like it's like you know firing a, a crumpled piece of paper in a trash can and saying kobe right like that's just gonna it's gonna be there forever um i was a charlotte hornets guy you know grandma larry johnson with alonzo morning mixed in some mugsy bogues that was kind of my duo slash trio. great pick there's no way that was going to make it back to you next round so, so good pick there. <laughs> all right two picks to me i'm gonna go old new school and old school um i was letting this one fall down the draft board because i already have a similar game in ncaa football but i i can't let madden fall past you know the into the latter half of the the draft it's an all-timer no doubt uh, my most recent foray into madden has been years at least a handful of years me and ken back in the villa venetia days so i'm not when was that seven years ago i don't know uh, eight years ago um we we played and it unfortunately for me the result was much like our result last year in the fantasy baseball finals uh he won it was a shootout i don't remember the score but it was like 70 to 65 it was a great madden game um but we had, even going back, you know, many years before that, we had a, a great roommate franchise uh, back in Chico with, with Decker, as well as our roommate Lloyd. Uh, Decker was the Falcons. It was, you know, we're all playing on the same season, right? Decker was the Falcons. He had Mike Vick, which was 
basically like playing with <laughs> with Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile, cheating. But, oh, Christian Poye. Yeah, just like you know. But so he had the Falcons. Lloyd was a big Raiders fan. He's in the Bay Area. He had the Raiders, and he had Randy. It was the the Randy Moss years, and so he would do this thing where he'd throw a bomb to Moss, and then he would like take user control and do like this little Euro step out of the path and then jump back up and catch it. And every time he just get 40 yard completions, he was very good. And then I was the Steelers and, but I traded for Vince Young because it was all about having a mobile quarterback. But then the, my, my, the memory that Decker will still give me crap for this day, even though I think he was just a, a spectator, I'm pretty sure it was, I was playing against Lloyd in the AFC championship game. And my, my bread and butter was my fullback, Chad Kreider, who, if it was fourth and one or third and one and needed a yard or two or fourth and goal, I was doing a fullback dive to Chad Kreider, trucking the, the defensive line. It was money. The whole stadium knew it was coming, and I couldn't stop it. And so I'm playing Lloyd in the AFC Championship game, and I'm down by like four or five or six. Like a, a touchdown wins it with like 30 seconds left. I'm on like the one or two-yard line. And so he knows it's coming up the middle. I hand it off to Kreider and Decker's, you know, drinking beers and watching. He's like, yeah, Kreider, here we go. <laughs> and um, I, I run up the middle and my foolproof strategy, the fucking guy fumbles it. The Raiders recover. <laughs> <laughs> and so Decker loves to bring that up about how Chad Kreider was just untouchable until he wasn't. And he fucking fumbled and I lost the AFC championship game. But I still have to go. <laughs> with Madden just because it's an all-time franchise. And then I'm going to go throw it way back to a game we already mentioned, RBA Baseball, just such a classic. Takes minutes to learn and, and a lifetime to master. Another game where me and Eels, to this day, we'll still you know drink some beers and duel for a couple of hours. And you never know if you're going to get a 2-1 game or an 11-8 shootout. We just do random teams. So it, it kind of depends on the team you get. Um, but even still it's just such such a fun back and forth and probably one of the first if not the first baseball game i ever played yeah i, I guess the rbi baseball i remember probably that and i don't even know the name of it but there was a game at the arcade that he used to play um that was arcadey it wasn't the same top-down look it was kind of more like a ken griffey jr baseball or um even kind of like a the show in the sense of like where the camera was but like I said, I don't even remember the name, but what I loved about it was it actually had the guy's um, stances in it. I remember Ruben Sierra. I thought it was cool because he always had his bat, you know, pointed towards the pitcher. And, you know, you had your Julio Franco who would, you know, kind of the same way. It was just, uh, you know, like, like you said, the nostalgia factor. And, you know, just the stupid cheesiness of you want to throw a curveball? Okay, you just throw the pitch and then you hit your right button. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's basic. Like I said, a, a minute to learn, a lifetime to master because it's still, it can be so frustrating when the guys up there and then to to ken's point like you know it created a whole rules like you have to pitch strikes because otherwise you're just gonna throw that slider all day and you know nobody's gonna ever get a hit yeah all right for round six and seven all right uh this is where we're starting to get hard um six I'm probably going to have to go with the NHL series. Um, probably just because, again, I spend a lot of time in that probably in like my late teens, early twenties, I'd play a lot of that. Um, even if you're not a big hockey fan, it's just, it's a fun game to play on, on a system. Uh, you know, you don't have to know a lot about hockey, but it's just, it's fun to throw those passes and try to do deeks and use your controls to do certain moves and spins and whatnot. Um, you know, when you time your slap shots perfectly, it's just, um, I just, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think the last time I really played was 
probably when Ovechkin and uh, Doughty um, were relatively new to the league. Um, but other than that, um, I, again, like you don't have to be a big NHL fan, but it's just, it's fun. It's a lot like probably another game that's going to come out soon. But uh, again, you don't have to be a big fan of the sport. It's just the gameplay is fun. Yeah. I, I haven't played an NHL game in, in, that's been released in the last 20 years, but I do remember even back to like Sega Genesis days playing like NHL 96 and it was fun, especially like you could do like, you know, play on the same team. Me and my buddy, like we do the stupidest. Hello? And one guy there? Yeah. Can you hear me? No, uh, you broke uh, up for a second. Uh, like we would turn off penalties and one guy would just go take out the goalie while the other one put it in the back of the net. It's like, what, what are we even doing? It's, like, <laughs> it's so stupid, but we were like eight and that was fun. So yeah, good pick. Well, I remember. No, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just, I remember being, you know, probably 10, 11, 12 and spending the night at my friend Sean Nichols house um, for his birthday. We were playing NHL. I don't know what back then, 94, 95. And it's probably like 94, 95 exactly because the Rangers were really good. And just, <laughs> it's a stupid story, but like kind of to your uh, farting story, it's like, I just remember we were up all night playing, having a blast, making so much noise that his mom's boyfriend came out in his skivvies just nothing on but his tidy whities just to yell at us. And we all just, I just remember thinking like, it might've been the first time I saw their, like saw dad dig. <laughs> right. Here you go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Round seven. After dad <laughs> uh, then round seven. Um, I'm going to probably go with similar to Tony Hawk. I'm going to go with cool oh, boys. It was hard for me dick. to <laughs> <laughs> it was hard for me to narrow down, uh, you know, which snowboarding game, but I think that was one of the first ones and very similar to Tony Hawk. I just would spend hours on that half pipe, just doing my flips, learning new tricks and just trying to master it. Like I could, like, again, like it was just chasing that score. Um, I, I would spend hours on it. Um, I don't even remember the cool borders. Does it, did it have real snowboarders? And that was a big time when snowboarding was kind of taking off with the Olympics and stuff and becoming a big, um, kind of spore and Sean White kind of came out and I know he ended up having his own game, but cool borders was the first snowboarding game I remember playing. And I just remember just destroying that half pipe and just spending hours trying to master. I don't remember tricks. them being real snowboarders. Then again, I, I don't know if I would have yeah. known at the yeah. time, um, but yeah, cool borders two was the one I was thinking of, but you get the whole series for PlayStation. And I feel like, I feel like I just had that like $1 player that I love but I was, I, I, I want, I want them so bad. I budgeted like $5 and then you just like went eight. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like I was so, I was so certain I was going to get cool borders too late in this draft. And uh, it's basically Tony Hawk on snowboards. Like it, it had a little bit less open world feel, but you could still find like secret trails to make the most out of the maps. Um, this would, I, I would have taken this even earlier. Probably I would have taken it last round if I knew you were going to go there because Many, many, many hours. Awesome, awesome game. Good pick. I'm a little bit rattled. Cool Borders was a sick ass game. Good call. Um, I've got a, I've Thank got you. a pretty balanced. So I've got NCAA football, the show, Mario Kart, Golden Tee, Madden, RBI baseball. I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna round out the portfolio here. I'm not drafting to. I'm gonna draft to my need a little bit and go with uh, two. What I think are just two classics. So the first is FIFA. Um, I mean, so many yeah. fun hours. When I lived with Nick, we we squared off a lot. Uh, we had to handicap because he was so much better than me. So like, basically, I would play with like a five star team, and he would play with like a three star team, and that made it competitive. 
Um, we also played like a co-op mode, which was a blast. And we had our own like little, it's kind of like a franchise mode. Uh, he named the team. I think they were the silver squirters. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if I was more into like online head to head, then this game would probably fly up the list. Cause it has that, that, that cult like following like Madden. I mean, if you think it's, it's definitely, it's the world sport and you take Madden and put 7 billion people behind it. That's pretty much what FIFA is to the gaming community. I think it's a, it's always fun. You know, I'm not, I'm not even a huge soccer guy, but it was a lot of fun. Did you play a lot of FIFA at all growing up? No, I never really played FIFA growing up. I played it more, um, somewhat more recently. Um, but yeah, like every time I do play it, I enjoy it. Like I said, it reminds me a lot of the NHL series. That's what I was alluding to earlier. Um, you know, you don't have to be a big fan of the sport to just enjoy the gameplay. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, I like finding those creases and sneaking that that pass between defenders. Or if you're one-on-one, if you're good with the controls, you can do some kind of deke or some kind of move and get around them. And But it's the same thing. It just kills you, like, too. Like, you'll be uh, – same thing. Like, it just – you'll get frustrated when the computer just goes, oh, you know, it's a 3 nothing game. We're going to decide to make it 3-2 really quick. <laughs> it was just driving me nuts. But um, it's – I think EA has some kind of thing built in where it's just like if it's a – lopsided game like they'll just have the computer just cover that gap but no FIFA's FIFA's a great game I think Katie just Katie just came home um but no it's just a great game um and it's just fun and like I said you can do uh you can do those tricks you can do different things and to me it's just about like those one two tap passes and you know, getting a guy open by just doing a, you know, not even dribbling the ball, just taking it and redirecting it. I remember playing against Boots like 15 years ago. This is way back in the day, shortly after high school. And that fucker, like if he go up 1-0, he would just park the bus and, and kick the ball around his side of the field for 45 minutes. And he's like, oh my God. So it's, a, <laughs> it's like, that's the smart thing to do to win, but it was so frustrating and boring if Boots had a lead. It was over. He won, but it was just the worst. Um, and so my, my second pick here, my, my eighth round pick, I'm going to corner the market on the on the uh, the golf games and take Tiger Woods, which was just another classic, another college classic. I cannot tell you uh, how many holes of Tiger Woods we played in college for money, of course. Um, it was me and, and Decker and, and not Lloyd, the other roommate, but this time it was Tyler. And, and Tyler, so... He was this like funny, goofy guy with an ego that could barely fit into a room. And he he was known for having these meltdowns when we played Tiger Woods. And it started in like 2003, before I went to Chico, but after high school. And Decker was down and he, he was down at his uh, mom's house. And, and we were all over there. And it's like Ritter and Hannah and, and Tyler and Decker and all this. And Tyler played Ben Hannah for 100 bucks, which when 19 years old, that's a lot of fucking money. But it wasn't even Tyler's money. It was Ben versus Ritter. Ritter was backing him. And Tyler was up by, like, a lot of strokes with a handful of holes to play. And he just completely melted down. And we never let him forget that. So now we're talking, like, three, four, five years later. Anytime there's money on the line, we would just get in his head about the time he choked. And he would always, always choke it away. And then beyond that, so, like, you know, when you hit the ball and it would hit the trees, it would go, like, and then Tyler had this Tyler had this girlfriend <laughs> named Amber who had these big ass titties and we called them missile tits. So then so then me and Decker would work that into like he would slice one into the trees and we'd be like missile tits. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he would get so pissed and he would end up losing his match play and owe us five bucks. So, which was enough for like a 12 pack in those days. So uh, in terms of replay value, Tiger Woods is near the very top of this list because the possibilities are just endless. Great game, great gambling game. Love Tiger Woods on, on any system I played it on. No, I, yeah, I, I, that's on my list too. So you snagged one of my final picks, but uh, same thing. Like, you know, I, I grew up golfing, so I enjoyed golf. And a lot of what I liked about, you know, the game is just, I like the courses. I like, you know, playing some of these courses that I'll never get to play. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not really playing them, but, you know, you get to see the little intricacies of the course. And, you know, it was always cool to play like TPC Sawgrass and stuff because you always got that island green. Um, you know, in some later versions, I, TPC Scottsdale showed up and I enjoyed it because it, you know, had that desert look with those kind of cliffs on the side. But, uh, you know, that's just, it's kind of, you know, it's not a true golf game. Um, you know, it's definitely got its campiness and arcade style to it, but I loved it for that. Like you hit a shot and you go, shit, that's going to be long. You just start fucking pulling back on that back. <laughs> and that <laughs> and I, I spun it too much. So, uh, you know, it was great. Like, and I, I think once you got into the era of multiplayer games that, uh, you were able to, you know, I think I even played with Jimmy or even you for a little bit for a while. Great, great game. A lot of staying power. All right, for picks eight and nine. All right, Cerny, my list is getting pretty small. Um, pick eight, I'm going to go with a newer game, and I've talked about it on the board a little bit, but uh, out of the park baseball. Um, <clears throat> it's a little different than everything else. It's, uh, it's more of a simulation. You don't really play, you don't actually, you know, throw the pitches and swing and do everything you literally are the gm and the manager you can play the game how you want to play it if you want to just be gm you just you set your team you pick your teams you draft your teams you make your trades you you have real drafts um they have salary caps they have um arbitration it literally goes down to every little thing a real game has um it uh, uses sabermetrics if you want to use it. Um, like you know, you can break down what your WRC plus is, what a bat, what your BABIP is, what your OPS, OPS plus is. It's just you can literally get down to the granular levels. And what's even cool about it too is like since they got the MLB license uh, a few years back, you can even go back and play historical seasons. So like I can go back and play with like the 1920 Yankees if I want, or I can do a, a, a fantasy draft where I can basically pick a team of Satchel Page. Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, and Mike Trout. So it's just, it's kind of, it's just really cool. Or you can even do stupid stuff where what if Barry Bonds played his entire uh, career in Coors Field and, you know, just see what kind of stupid numbers he puts up. Um, so it's, it's like, again, it's a little different. You're not actually playing the games, but if you want to manage, you can actually go down to the pitch by pitch. You can call the pitches, you can um, do all that, but you're not actually swinging the bat. You're not actually throwing the pitch. You're just doing the managing. But, uh, you know, I, I've spent, you know, hundreds of hours just uh, doing stuff. I've heard awesome that, things about Out of the Park. I haven't actually played it, but I understand it to be like really well done and and basically a, a simulated version of, of an in-depth fantasy league. And so I can completely understand the appeal. I just, I, I couldn't draft it because I just haven't played it, but I've heard really good things. So it, it's something that if we don't get baseball soon, you're probably going to put a couple hundred more hours into it. <laughs> 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 All right, and your ninth oh. pick for my ninth pick is probably going to be uh, that's hard um <clears throat> probably backyard baseball um i didn't put a ton of time into that game um i played it a little bit um you know it was just it was kind of fun nostalgic it's just 
you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have the depth of your normal baseball games, probably more like um, RBI baseball and stuff, but it was just kind of fun. Like you had like, there's no names. There's just your kids on the street type of thing that it was just a Sandlot style game. And that it had characters and you knew this guy was a power hitter. This guy was, you know, had all speed or this or that. So it was just kind of fun and intricate and, you know, it's just kind of campy in a way, but you know, I spent a lot of, I played a little bit and had some fun with it, but at the end of the day, I was more gravitated towards the real thing. Like, um, you know, uh, the MVP baseballs or the uh, MLB 2K. Yeah, I haven't like played. That. That's another one I've heard good things about. I haven't really played much, but I know it was like super arcade style, but it's, it seemed like a lot of fun. Like you had different power-up pitches and, and you know, I think there was even a version that had MLB players in it. But um, yeah, I can, if, if you're not looking for the real thing and just looking for like, just smack it around Sandlot style, like you alluded to, that sounds like a, it'd be a pretty fun game to play. I think it was, it was on the computer though, right? It wasn't on anything else. Yeah, exactly. All right. uh, I'm going to wrap it up with picks nine and 10, and then you, you have your last pick coming after that. Um, I've got to throw it back uh, to ice hockey for NES. That is a game <laughs> I will play anyone for pink slips. Uh, just an NES classic that another one like RBA Baseball takes a minute to learn and a lifetime to master. You can mix it up with the strategy, with the lineup that you choose. You have the, the kind of three guy, the tall, skinny guy, the, the balanced guy, and then the fat, powerful guy. So you had the power versus speed. Had fights. Remember, like, the <laughs> guys who just start fighting and shit. Did you play this <laughs> game? And, and if so, what kind of lineup did you use? Um, I, uh, I, I I don't know. I think I get that confused with Blades of Steel. I think I was more of a Blades of Steel guy. Um, I never really played NHL, I think, or ice hockey, as you call it. Um, I, I honestly think I don't. I never played that. I was more of a Blades of Steel okay. in right. Yeah, ice hockey was super basic. There was no real players. It was three on three. It was arcadey as hell. But that's something that we'll still fire up from time to time, um, albeit less than some of the other NES classics. Because you know what? I'm just too fucking dominant at this game. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I smashed. <laughs> uh, great game. And then I will round it out. It's tough. There's a few still out there that I like, but just for to, to balance the portfolio, there's a baseball game out there I still kind of like, but I'm not going to take it because I already have uh, the show and RBI baseball, so I'm kind of covered from like the old school and the new school. I'm going to go with EA Sports Fight Night, which was that super fun boxing ah. game. You had all the all-time classic boxers, even Muhammad Ali. Um, multiplayer was great because you just drink beers and trade blows with your buddy like just talk shit and punch each other um but i think what made it so much fun was the controls like so instead of just button mashing you know x and triangle and circle you were using the the joysticks the dual joysticks so like you would flip the right one forward and that was a right jab and then you would kind of circle the left one around and that was a left hook so you kind of felt control and you can get into a rhythm and throw combos and it kind of helped with the immersion aspect and it felt like you were you know, had some pretty good control over the boxer and it made for some pretty fun exchanges when you're just, you know, like I said, hammered and throwing haymakers at your buddy. That was a pretty good game that we had some fun with. Again, this is dating back to the college days. Uh, I never really played like single player modes, but when it comes to, to multiplayer, that was a, a good passing time. Did you ever play that one? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, it was, I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, you kind of hit everything that, that I would have hit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me but uh yeah like that was on my list like i enjoyed like to me i don't know if it was just i don't know i enjoyed like the dynasty aspect so like i liked 
creating a character and building him up. And, you know, I know the show has a very big, uh, you know, the show kind of does this really well too with the road to the show, but like, I always enjoyed those kind of, uh, uh, gameplays of just, you know, building from scratch and being like, Oh, this is me. Like not even, um, you know, not even a team sport. So necessarily like, okay, I'm going to build this team and do a career mode. It was just, I liked those like, you know, games where it was just you. And then you would, you know, as you, got bigger and stronger and did better. You'd get more attributes and you build your character up. So I just enjoyed that aspect of games. So um, Fight Night was definitely one of those ones where I felt like I could right, do You that. get the, the honor of the last pick. There's still some good games out there, but you got to pick one to round out the 10-round draft here. It's hard. There's a lot. Um, I kind of wasn't necessarily going to go this route before the pod, but I've kind of talked myself into it. Um, but maybe because I don't have a football game, oh, I guess I have Tecmo, but um, I'm going to go with N, uh, NFL uh, Blitz or Street, whatever it was called, or those might be two separate yeah. games. But, um, NFL Blitz, where it was, like, it was essentially NBA Jam, but just, you know, instead of basketball, yeah, football. Yeah, I remember Blitz, and that was one that I, I, it would have been probably viewed as a snub if it wasn't drafted. I never got into it. I never, it was funny. Like, you, there was, like, every time there was a late hit, it was just always funny, and there was, like, the skull crack, like, it was, it was it was super <laughs> arcadey and it just kind of it got old quick for me but it, but i you did need to get a football game in there well you had tecmo super bowl but um but yeah i can see I did, yeah. so the round out your top 10 tony hawk tecmo super bowl ken griffey jr punch out nba jam the nhl series cool borders out of the park baseball backyard baseball and nfl blitz and my top 10 for the show, NCAA football, Mario Kart, Golden Tee, Madden, RBI Baseball, FIFA, Tiger Woods, Ice Hockey, and Fight Night. Is there any, are there any snubs or any games that you're surprised that we've kind of combined to pick our top 20 and any games that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that went undrafted? No, not necessarily. Like I said, I had a couple, like, you know, I know we didn't really didn't go over too many basketball games. I know I did NBA Jam, but um, you know basketball games were always just boring to me because it just wasn't fun. Like it was just like you always just took one player and scored eighty points, and it was just like you, there was no skill to to shooting. It was just seemed like it was random. Like you're going to make this pass or you're not. So kind of was never into basketball games. Maybe the only other game was like a, like a Mario Tennis or something like that. I had fun with that. Uh, Try to put spin on balls and. Um, it was kind of like Pong on steroids, but um, I enjoyed some of those uh, like Mario Tennis games. But uh, it doesn't surprise me that it's not on there because it's kind of a, yeah, a niche a, little NBA game. NBA Live could have made the cut if, if, if the draft went deeper, but I agree. I'm just not really a basketball guy. World Series Baseball, like 95, was that was a fun one for me. That that was kind of the first baseball game to go from like 2D to 3D as far as pitching and hitting. It's, so instead of that press box view that, you know, that Ken Griffey Jr. and RBI Baseball had. It was more the view behind the catcher, and they introduced that kind of cat and mouse battle in the box where you had different pitches and different locations. So 95, that was super fun to, like, play with the Braves and Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and all that. We is one that, you know, it's kind of the Swiss Army knife that, you know, I, I could have seen getting drafted. But aside from that, I mean, that's pretty much like the, the top 20. I think that we put together a pretty good list. It would be interesting to see if uh, people tear this apart in the comments, but – I don't think there's anything that we like any drastic oversights. I think we covered it pretty well. Any other final comments before we wrap it up, Ferd? 
No, just uh, since we're all quarantined, is there anything you're watching? Uh, I know you threw out Tiger King, and that's on my list. I'm going to try to get to that this weekend, but... Is there anything else you've been watching or anything that we should watch? I just finished it. There's seven parts. We just finished it yesterday. It's fucking incredible. (laughs) It is like National Geographic. National Geographic meets cops meets like CSI first 48, like crime solving. It is like the most bizarre shit you've ever seen before. Uh, but really a fun series and, and super entertaining um, and very real. Like something, it's one of those kind of storylines that if it was written, you'd be like, this is stupid and fake. But since it's actually, since it actually happened, like, holy <laughs> shit. Um, so really, really good. Ozark season three just came out this weekend. We'll be watching that. And that's about it. I love it. Cool, man. All right. Well, other than that, I hope everybody is uh, staying healthy and safe and, you know, it's tough times out there, but, you know, we'll, we'll get through it. And let's just uh, it, lean Thanks on each for, other. Uh, coming back on the pod. Had fun chatting with you. You guys stay safe and stay sane and uh, talk to you all soon. See ya.